So this morning I stumbled across a, uh, a sponsored post by these two women who had both been tremendously successful building email subscriber lists into businesses that they then sold. And now they're working together and they're essentially marketing themselves as people who can teach you how to do this, the thing that they've done. And it got me thinking, I clicked through and poked around at their stuff, not because I want to do their course, but because I want to understand something, which is this. It seems like there are, there are sort of two paths to building a presence on social media. One is through organic content that you just apply and you can use hashtags and you get yourself into a community and create meaningful content that people uh, want to talk about. The other is to pay a portion to whatever social media you're using to create sponsored ads that gets in front of eyeballs and then you can track the metrics of how much it converts. I've never been attracted to this second one. I tried it a little bit with my book just to see if I saw any sort of traction with it, but the metrics did not reveal any specific traction. So I haven't done it really for the spoon carving. Today's uh, thing that I found, though, this, these two women made me wonder if there is a place for this kind of sponsored uh, content where you essentially keep a portion... Come on, Willa. You keep a portion of your profits to turn back into um, paying for advertising, essentially. Um, if that might be a good fit for a pre-existing business. I think if you are just you on social media and you want to start selling things, I don't think it's worth doing sponsored content because it, I think, frankly, it comes across as a little weird. If you see a sponsored post from somebody and it's not clear that they're, you know, someone who has something to sell, then it's a little strange to just sort of I don't know. I feel like it comes across as a little strange that you're sort of spending money on on this on creating awareness when uh, well maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's that it actually it automatically comes across that you have something to sell, right? I look at a sponsored post and I think, who? What are they selling? Not who are they? So there's that. And I would recommend, I mean, I think if you're just starting out and you don't have a business, that it's probably not worth doing that. But if you have an existing business and you're trying to leverage social media to bolster an existing business, then maybe that makes a lot more sense. Or if you have an existing skill, like let's say you've been carving spoons, doing it professionally for 20 years, but you've never been on social media and you've got all these mad skills and no presence, then leveraging some money in order to gain the eyeballs might be a smart move. But the thing that I think people 
don't think about is what what's the end goal? If the end goal is simply growth, then you find yourself essentially, you know, needing to hire people to work for you, which might be what you want. You find yourself probably needing to shift towards things that are more scalable than making something. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if your goal is to not have to be a boss, if your goal is to simply make enough money to support your family, then sponsored content maybe doesn't make sense because it's a premise based around the idea that you're going to get a lot of people into this funnel and a certain percentage of them are going to work out and so you'll have a conversion rate of the amount of money you spend per average sale. And the idea is that that's a scalable thing. You can pour more money in, get more money out. And people get themselves into a bind with this. That's what happened with Google AdWords, where for a while, advertising on Google was really smart. There was a lot of leverage there. But over time, as prices crept up and crept up, it got to the point where most of your profit margin was disappearing and it was just it was still profitable so it was sort of pushing people to do it at an ever higher and higher rate to essentially reach the gross amount that they were looking for because the profit margin was shrinking and most of that money is going to the platform now i don't begrudge the platform doing this but i don't think it's necessarily a smart move for us as makers to be shuffling all of that money to them when we could instead be spending our money in more thoughtful ways or simply keeping it as a higher profit margin on the work that we already have. There are lots of ways of of creating more of a community around your work. I hate the the phrase uh, sales funnel. Because I feel, well, A, I feel like it's sort of degrading to the people who you're putting in the funnel. But also, I don't think it's a funnel, right? A funnel, in the real life, is a wide thing that gathers everything and shunts it down one tube. A sales funnel is not that at all. A sales funnel is more like... uh, It's more like a sieve. It passes through a wide swath of stuff and only gathers a small portion of it, right? The vast majority of people who go to your landing page from your thing, well, the vast majority of people who see your sponsored content aren't going to do anything about it. Those that do and go to your landing page aren't going to do anything about it. So you winnow it down and winnow it down until you get the small number of people at the end who are actually converting to sales. So it's not a funnel. You've left 90% of the people behind, or whatever proportion it is. Now, psychologically, the nice thing about the internet is that you don't have to see all those people, right? I've talked about how 
when you're selling in person, you are acutely aware of all the people who are walking by your booth and aren't interested in what you're doing. And how psychologically difficult that is. The beautiful thing about selling online is that you don't see all those people. So psychologically, it's easier. You can just save your energy for the people who do want to engage. But you don't need a sales funnel. You don't need to deliberately set up a sales funnel to achieve this. And I would argue that it's probably better to spend your time creating content that is meaningful and valuable to the people in your community and then occasionally remind them that you have things for sale than it is to try to convince them that what you have to offer is what they need right now in their lives. And honestly, I think as the spoon carving community, this is where a lot of us are falling short. Some of the biggest names in the spoon carving community are putting out extremely little content that is actually useful to people. That is anything more than, you know, hey, I'm doing this sale, or hey, here's the latest thing I carved. Isn't it pretty? And I think, as a community, we can do better to support our community with knowledge and resources. And I also think it's a smart business move to be sharing more than fluff. Because if you're not going to do the paid content to amplify your voice by giving up some money, then the way that you're going to get people to see you... I think people think that the only way then to get people to see you is to post the pictures that get the most number of likes, right? So they post the batch of spoons that gets 500 likes instead of 200. And then they think, well, I better do more of that. Willa, come here. Come here. Come here. Right here. Come here, dogs. Maisie, come here. Off the road. Good girl. So I think people think that that's how you get the eyeballs. And it's tempting to think that. But there's another longer term, more generous way to go about it, which is to gain a reputation for being a valuable resource for people. And to provide that resource for free to people those, that reputation, those people recommending you to other people is what builds the reputation that drives the sales that is the engine of your business. There is another aspect of this. This is going to be a long post, sorry, but I'm feeling it. There's another aspect to this, which is shoot, what was I going to say. Oh yes. In this era when people all of a sudden find their their ability to sell the end product curtailed by quarantines, there is a temptation to 
try to monetize that knowledge of how you do what you do and create something where people have to pay in order to get that information. And I think that's a short-term thinking that's going to get you into trouble as well because there's something weird about somebody whose business is teaching you how to create an online business. Like their success as a business is literally how you can create an online business. It feels a bit like a pyramid scheme. I would much rather trust someone who said, look, I created a a business doing this other thing and here's how I did it. And honestly, I trust them even more if they're like, you know what? My business doing this other thing is doing just fine. So I'm giving you this information for free. That makes me want to support them in their other business. Right? If they're saying, I built this other business doing this other thing, and now I can teach you how to do it for this amount of money, well then it makes me wonder, why aren't you still doing that previous thing? And maybe the, the answer is that they can make more money doing it this way, but there's just something off about that. You know what I mean? And so I think in our small community, if somebody is saying, okay, come on dogs. Yes, I know there are horses there. Come on, Willa. Let's go. There I go. Drag you away from the horse poop. Willa, let's go. Good girl. If someone is like, let me teach you how to be a professional spoon carver and make your business, you know, make your, make your craft your livelihood. And that's my business. That to me is a warning sign that they weren't actually able to do it themselves. Because otherwise they'd be doing it themselves. And is that really the person you want to take advice from? Come on, dogs. So, back when I was a poet, I used to think the same sort of thought occurred to me, which is that as a poet, it's really easy to write poems about being a poet. And it used to drive me crazy in college when I stopped being a poet. I'd be in these classes, these workshops with other people, and they'd be writing poems about being a poet. I just wanted to scream, no, write about something else. Use your craft to write about something else, right? Use your your business sense to have a real business that doesn't have to do with helping other people have businesses. Help other people have businesses. But don't have that be your business. Otherwise, what does that say about whether someone actually can have a business or not? Because there's a big difference between having a business that sells an end product versus a business that is just uh, selling someone an online course. And this, to my mind, is the thing that bothers me about 90% of the 
marketing gurus that I'm seeing sponsored all over the place now, which is that it feels like a pyramid scheme because they're marketing their expertise without actually demonstrating an expertise in anything other than the marketing that they're purporting to be able to teach you. So it's worth asking yourself, if you're being tempted by this, what has this person actually done that is something above and beyond actually teaching you about it? That's why I feel, I mean, to me, I'm always so drawn, I've never actually uh, subscribed, but so drawn to like master classes where the whole point is that you're getting someone who has already mastered their game teaching you how they master their game. But they don't need... I mean, maybe some of them need the money, but, like, the point is not that, they, that this is what they've done with their life. They've, like, taught people how to do it. They've done it. And now they're teaching you. So, I'm not sure what sort of end thought this leaves me with except that while it might be useful to explore paid content that in the end that's somewhat of a sucker's game because the margins on that will keep getting squeezed and keep getting squeezed by the people controlling the app in the first place by the by the business controlling the app in the first place, and that the way around that is to build a reputation for yourself that surpasses your presence on any one platform, and that also uh, where you are using organic content that is providing value to people to build that reputation. And then the awareness that that free resources that you're creating has created helps drive sales of your business but the the sales are not let me teach you how to do this thing the sales instead are uh, the sales instead are here I did this thing now I think it's worth pointing out that there's a difference between teaching people how to do a skill, like teaching people how to carve spoons online, versus teaching people how to become a professional spoon carver. Those are two different things, and I think there's probably a place for online courses teaching people how to carve spoons in a way that it feels a little weirder to have the main thrust of things be how to be a professional spoon Carver. I think that, but I think that for both of those scenarios, the the more you can afford to give that stuff away for free, because it then drives the engine of another business where you actually make things and sell things, or it's, you know, it, it drives some other cog. The better the long-term accrual of reputation will be for you. Because anytime you put a paywall between that information and people, 
you're essentially, A, you're limiting the amount of people engaged with it, and B, you are limiting your options going forward, where, what if you want to pivot to make it all free? Well, then you have to tell a story about why you're making it all free when it used to be behind a paywall. What if you want to explore doing a whole bunch of things for free but still maintain the paywall? It just gets complicated, as you can see. And so you need to be thoughtful about where you set up these roadblocks to people engaging with you, recognizing that very few people will come over the roadblock and that you want as many people forming your community as possible and you want to be providing as much value as possible because providing value is going is what's going to convince somebody to pay up to go over the roadblock that's it I feel like I opened more cans of worms than I closed here but you get the idea thanks as always for listening uh, oh, and I have another thought, which is, um, Amy Mungler, uh, sorry, Amy Leak Woodmungler, uh, said that it would be nice if we could have discussions of some of these topics somewhere, and I haven't really thought through where we could have these discussions, and in, under what format. There are benefits to doing it just in comments, because you can see what everybody else has said. You don't have to be there at a certain time. There's also benefits to having these discussions in real time. And I'm not sure what the right way is to proceed to create these kinds of threads. I'm still thinking it through. So... But I like the idea of having discussions with you guys about this because uh, that feels valuable to me. So I will be thinking through how to do this. Um, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure something out where the barrier to sort of getting people to participate is as low as possible and it creates the most long-lasting value as possible. So I'll keep you posted when I figure out what that might be. And if anyone has suggestions for what that might be, please be in touch. As always, thanks for listening. Talk tomorrow.